Hey, good morning. My name is Julie Stevens. For those of you that I don't, <laughs> for those of you that I don't have the blessing of knowing yet personally, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to one day really getting a chance to have some relationship with you. That's what we do here in this house. We love the presence of God, but we love the presence of one another too. And I'm going to talk about that in just a few minutes. So um, listen, if you are a visitor here today, I want to let you know that we are in the middle of a series called All Things New. It is not a coincidence that there's a 12-foot-high neon sign behind me. That's on purpose. That phrase comes from Revelation chapter 21, where God says, where God releases uh, um, uh, a facet of his own nature, and he says, listen, I am the one who makes all things new. Yeah, God is the one that makes all things new. So, that being said, I've got a question for you. Does anybody in the room have any area in their life that they would like to see become new? Come on. Maybe it's a relationship or your workplace. Maybe you're a parent and you would love to see some newness cultivated in the lives of your kids. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe there's somebody here in the room that is looking for newness in their body in a physical way. Or your finances. Come on. Who could use the finances to become new? There you go. There you go. Well, if you're here today and you're looking at that sign and you're going, I need me some of that. I need, I need me some new God. I want to tell you that you come to the right place. He knew what we were going to be talking about today. You just sit tight. And we're going to get to you in just a few minutes. Sound good? We got a plan. Holy Spirit has a plan. Yep, he does. Father, we thank you for the plan that you have in your heart for today. We thank you that it didn't start uh, when I got up here on the stage. It started a long time ago. You mapped out this morning, and you went forward with song, and you made prophetic declaration as we worshipped you, and we were in agreement, and so we're just going to continue the worship in this way, in Jesus' name. All right. Today, today we are going to explore the definition of new. And here's why I feel strongly that we needed to do that. The importance of that is because how many of you know, if we don't carry the same perspective as God, if we don't understand or carry the same definition as God does about certain things, then it really is an open invitation for the enemy to trip us up. Let me, let me give you an example. Well, I thought God told me that I was coming into a new season. I, I thought that's what I heard him say. And I even got these two words. Like they were in one week from two totally different people and they were talking about newness. And I should expect that God was going to do something new. But it's been three months. And I don't feel like anything's changed. I guess I didn't really hear from God. 
or them people are false prophets. No, or, or those words, or those, or those words, they just couldn't be true. <laughs> Have you guys ever been there? I've been there. You want to know how to never go there again? Come on. That's what we get to talk about today. I want to give you a key. I felt like the Lord said that there's a key truth that we need to understand as a house. And that's this. That when God says new, he actually means his original view. New is God's original view. Let me give you some scriptures so that I can back it up. I want to show you like an example through the scriptures. You guys with me? All right, let's go to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43 in the 19th verse. God says, listen carefully. I'm about to do a new thing. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even put a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, remember, today we're talking about God's perspective of new. So let me give you context for this chapter. The context is is that God's people were in captivity at the time that he released this word. They were beaten up, guys. They were really beaten up. If you look at the entire chapter, you'll see that God references Israel's past. Specifically, the Exodus. He wanted to remind them, hey, I delivered you before. And I want you to remember that I'm going to do it again. Now, in part, obviously, based on my statement, he gave that word to encourage them. To, to, to help get them out of where they were at that moment. Come on, we're all the same. We're on this side of the cross, but the core thing without the renewal and the regeneration and the sanctification of the Lord, we find ourselves in those same places. And there's no shame in that, but God's moving us forward. Come on. And so, in part, for sure, he released it as a word of encouragement for his people. To tell them, it says somewhere else, he prophesied through Isaiah somewhere else. He said, listen, I always tell my people what I'm going to do before I do it. That's my nature. I let them know. I want them in on what's going on, on the inside of my planning. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I want to suggest to you, for this message, for this point today, I want to suggest to you that God didn't only release that word through Isaiah to encourage them at that moment. I want to suggest to you that he also had a deeper rooted purpose for sending that word out. Watch. Can we get Isaiah back up there? Isaiah 43. God says, I'm about to do a new thing. I'm going to put two things. I'm about to do a new thing. I'm going to put a road in the wilderness. 
We're going to talk about Bible. If we can leave that up, that'd be great. We're going to talk about Bible for a second, okay? So put on your put on your thinkers, and let's let's go on a journey through the scriptures. So in the Gospels, what did the Gospels? How did the Gospels reference John the Baptist? Do you remember? Come on, we're going to interact here for a second. How, how, are, how do the Gospels represent or reference John the Baptist? He is going to be a voice where? A voice in the wilderness. Okay, hold on. He's going to be a voice in the wilderness. But the scripture goes on to say that he's going to be one that's making or clearing a pathway for the Lord. Guys, a road in the wilderness. Come on. God's releasing this word to Israel. And that's another layer. But there's more. He says, I'm going to bring what? Rivers in the desert. Okay. So let's go back to the Gospels. What happened when John baptized Jesus? The Holy Spirit came down. What do the Gospels say about the Holy Spirit? What's one of the references they make to the Holy Spirit? He is a river of life. Road in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Stay with me. God prophesies in Isaiah, I'm doing a new thing. I'm going to bring my son and my spirit onto the scene, and they are going to make a way for everything that was originally in my heart to manifest for humanity. I am doing new. It is my original view. Let's go to Paul. Fast forward to Paul. He gets hit with this revelation. And he says of each of us as born-again believers, what does he say? Second Corinthians 5.17, he says, listen, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Pay attention. All that old stuff, that's gone. Everything has become new. Say it with me. New is God's original view. Come on. That's a word. That is a word that has been in the heart of the Father since before there was time. And now by the ministry of the Holy Spirit, we get to be reminded, get to hear it, be reminded, and agree. And there's purpose. And we'll go there in just a moment. All right. So uh, that's, my, that's my lingo. That's the way that I hear from the Lord. Those of you who don't know me, it's a little bit poetic at times. So let me give you some just practical. Like when I say, uh, when, God, when, I, when I'm saying that God's new is his original view, what is original view? What do you mean by that, Julie? I'm glad you asked. I can have a conversation with both of us right here by my own self. And you don't even say anything. <laughs> Original view. When I say original view, what I'm meaning is Genesis account. I'm, I'm thinking garden. You guys with me? Okay. I'm thinking about God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit together 
moving in intimacy, so delighting in themselves that they said, this is so good, let's multiply it. Let's multiply it. Let's make man in our image. Let's create male and female in our likeness so they can get in on all this delight. That's why the garden was called Eden. Eden Eden means delight. There's a purpose in everything. We just get to be, be, be treasure hunters and get in there and dig for some gold. And it'll change our lives forever. Genesis. My people made in my image. Under an open heaven. And out of oneness, they will bring forth my likeness into every part of the planet. God's new is his original view. So what does that look like? Give me some practicals, Julie. Give me some practicals. What does that look like? Original view. God's new is his original view. What does that look like? Okay, I'll give you three points. It looks like knowing our identity. Amanda comes up here today and she starts feeling Holy Spirit as we're in worship. She's getting ready to close, talking about uh, upgrades in our identity. That was God. Because God has a theme for today. Knowing our identity. uh, Experiencing intimacy. And moving in his authority. That's original view. But I thought God told me that I was moving into a new season. I want to suggest, no, I don't want to suggest, I want to lovingly tell you what I know is truth. And that's that every season is packed full of new graces, new giftings, and new fruit to be able to help us get to the original view, which is God's new. Every season, every season, we just need to, like Abby was singing, perceive what was always in the Father's heart and start agreeing with that so that we can see us change from the inside out and then everything else around us will line up. Take it. <laughs> the good news is, the good news is, is, we don't have to take a number. He just gives it out. It's like a big buffet. He just gives it to everybody. There you go. All right. So we just saw a video of Darren, our senior leader. He's traveling with Justin this weekend for a, a big uh, celebration in another community. We saw him uh, uh, give a quick testimony about this being, this month is our 15th year anniversary of seeing the Harbor Church planted in this region. Isn't that amazing? 15 years. I want to suggest to you today that we are in a new season. That it is a significant season. And at the prompting of the Lord, I felt like he said, Why don't you share some stories? Why don't you share some stories of the history of this house? And here's why I felt he wanted us to do that. Because he's not, his original view isn't just personal. You guys understand that? Like, he has an original view for each of us 
as in, hello, an original view for each of us individually. But he also has one for us as a house. He has one for us corporately. And it doesn't matter if you call Harbor home. It doesn't matter if you've called it home for 10 days or 10 years. You have a history. There's history here. And you have a part to play for the, the new that God wants to see manifest. And it's part of it's going to come through you. And so we're going to take a few minutes. And we're going to go back to some stories. You guys with me? Am I okay for that? Okay. So the first story that I want to share with you is, um, is this little gal named Julie Stevens, who's a lover of Jesus, came out of a whole bunch of brokenness. She was rescued by Jesus. Rescued, 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 rescued. And one day, as she's hanging out with the Lord, she gets a phone call from one of her friends. And her friend says, hey, 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 I just heard Rita Springer's coming to town. I was like, what? She goes, yeah, yeah, next week she's coming to town. I'm like, how did, how did we not know about this? She goes, it's this little venue. Nobody knows about it. But I got tickets. Do you want to go? So she tells me the date, and I can't go. And I'm like, oh, that's terrible. So she goes. Her husband got blessed with my ticket. I'm sure he had an amazing time. So they come. Um, the harbor was, uh, we were at another facility called the Forum down the street in Pompano. And they come, she comes, and she calls me the next morning. She goes, you are never going to believe it. Now, this is 14 years ago. She says, I was the oldest one in the room 14 years ago. Something's never changed. Like, what happened? 14 years ago, she's the oldest one in the room, and she says, Julie, you have got to go hang out with these, these people. I'm like, why? She said, I was the oldest one in the room, but they were so hungry. They were so hungry for the presence of God. I just feel like you need to go. So she gave me the information. I said, sure, sure, I'll go there. And I meant it. But then, you know, a week goes by or so. And, um, and I realized, oh, but she also told me the address. And I realized as I'm driving my son to school one day that week that he, he the back roads to get to his school, we had to pass the building that the harbor was in every day. And wouldn't you know, every single day, as I'm making my way to school or bringing him back, I, Holy Spirit prompts me and he says, hey, pray for, the, pray for that group. Pray for that harbor, those people, those people, my people, harbor, pray for those people. So I pray for those people. Another week goes by and I'm having an amazing encounter with the Lord, just me, my Bible, Jesus, crying out for all the things I see in the Gospels. When, God, how, God, I know you want it. I don't need to ask why, but when, how, when, how, when, God, I'm grown in here. And I hear him in my spirit through the scriptures confirm this. He says, hey, you know those people that I had you pray for? Those harbor people? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, go and join them in prayer and you will see everything that you're crying out for manifest in this region. That was 14 years ago, guys. So I come here the first night. I go into a prayer meeting, pre-service prayer. Sure enough, somebody gives me a word. Somebody gives me a word. I didn't know that it was a prophetic word. I just knew that they read my mail, that God, it wasn't a new, it was a life, a life calling, a life message. And she just spoke it out. I know you don't know me, but, and she laid it out. And I was like, oh, this is a good place to be. I like this house. And then Darren gets up to preach. Now, it was obviously, it was obvious to me from the moment he opened up his mouth that he was a man that flowed with, with power or an authority in the spirit. But that's not what got me. What got me is the message he carried. 
And the message was that of a father that was groaning with the Spirit of God through the Scriptures. When I say groaning, I mean like he had this gut thing. You know what I mean? Like it was gripping him. That's what I mean. It was gripping him on the inside for sons and daughters of God to realize their identity, to know who they were at the core so that they could be who he called them to be. And I'd come here again and again, and I'd hear these very, these, these two words over and over and over again about this house collectively. And it was, the first one was a Gideon-like tribe. You guys remember that? Come on. A Gideon-like tribe. You know what that means? Go and look it up. <laughs> Go look it up. Read your Bible. Yay! Let's read our Bibles. The Gideon, Gideon. The Gideon-like tribe, I'll say it this way. This is the way it was prophesied over this house for years. A Gideon-like tribe is a fearless generation who has this mandate and desire to go in and to take back what the enemy has stolen from the people of God. That's who we are. That's our history. One of the other phrases was nameless and faceless. We're reminiscing here. We are a nameless and faceless generation. Why? Because the only name and face that matters is Jesus Christ. So no matter what we do, what we say, how, like everything is going to be about the Christ in me manifesting rightly everywhere I go. That's all that matters. I remember, I just heard the Lord say, tell them, I want to tell you, the Lord wants to tell you right now that we might forget prophetic words, but he never does. Come on. He never does. I remember in that season, my husband and I had some people over our house. There was about 40 over that night. It was a good season. He was playing the guitar. I love when my husband plays the guitar. It's been a little while. Jesus. (laughs) He was playing the guitar and about 40 people showed up and we just started worshiping and we were in my living room. And, you know, if you know me, I, I get a little bit flavorful from time to time. And so I'm standing up in my living room and I'm just, Jesus, Jesus. And all of a sudden I get this prompting. Based on the song, a scripture comes to me, and I feel like I'm supposed to release it. And so I just, they're still playing in the background, and and so I release this word. All of a sudden, a woman that had never been to my house before, somebody else brought her. She shouts, she screams from the back of my dining room. I had a big open house, you know. She screams from my dining room, and so they keep playing, but I stop and I look, and she comes running towards me, running towards me, falls in my arms, Starts crying, falls in my arms, and she's out. It's a little different. It was about 10 seconds. I was like, oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> this beautiful sister, who are you? What are you doing in my living room? Here, this is why I'm telling the story. Nameless and faceless. Gideon-like tribe. She wakes up, and she says, I don't know what happened. I saw Jesus and he told me to come to him and I ran and when I woke up, I was in your arms. That is a manifestation of a nameless and a faceless generation. 
Come on. That's who we are. That is part of our identity in the Father because of the finished work of Jesus. That's the new that was always his original view. All right? A couple more stories. You good? A couple more stories? Yay. All right. All things new. Back to original view. Okay. Uh, original view. Experiencing intimacy. Oh, I love this. Experiencing intimacy. Okay. Let me give you this definition for intimacy. Intimacy is being fearless in our oneness with both God and people. Fearless in our oneness with both God and people. You know, I lived with this belief for a lot of years that all I needed was Jesus. And I'll tell you what, God honored that. He honored my hunger and he honored my passion. He loved me in that place. But you know, there came a time when he lovingly revealed to me that that was only half the truth. That he wanted intimacy, the original intent, the view, the dream of his heart wasn't just this way. That the full mature dream of his heart included this way. And so getting plugged into small groups here is massive, guys. Massive. Because, and I'm, when I say plugged in, what I'm not saying is you show up and like, hey, how are you? Once a week. Hey, yeah, it's good. I'm talking doing life with people. I'm talking, I do life with the people that were on this stage today. I weep with them, I celebrate with them, I pray with them, I prophesy with them. They do the same with me. And I don't just give out, they give back to me. It is mutual intimacy. And it transforms people. How many of you guys know that we can be powerful and, and, and release a shift in the atmosphere? out of our deep intimacy with Jesus and still because of wounds on the inside of us put walls up without us knowing to let other people in. That's not the original view. God's going for real transformation. I remember, I remember um, there was a season when I had these three beautiful flavorful friends in this house. We did small group. We ran together. We weren't a small group, but we ran together. And, um, and we used to laugh because one of the things we would say is, um, I was in my forties back then. And so, um, I've said goodbye to that deck. <laughs> I just keep coming. <laughs> so, um, we, we used to say we, we spanned four decades because one of us was in our thirties. I was in my forties. One was in their fifties and the other one was in their sixties. Oh, deep. There was such goodness. There was such wisdom and revelation and, and just life with Jesus that we got to share. And out of the place of it, and I was plugged in more with a prayer and prophetic type of, of small groups. So that was a very prayerful and prophetic bent group. Um, we used to go to places with the father and it would release power. I remember us getting invitations to go into marketplaces and to, to prophesy over kingdom business leaders. 
I remember getting an invitation and, and the four of us went to, um, to one of the places where we went and we, we ministered prophetically to this kingdom business leader. They said, wow, this is so good. I want you to come to my organization. Will you minister to all of our people? They rented out the Marriott Resort down in Fort Lauderdale. And here we come, all these us, fla- us flavorful ones. You know, at at the place of intimacy with each other and with God, we came and I brought a little word. It was so cute. The lady didn't know what to say. She said, keynote speaker, a rich, um, um, uh, uh, how did she call it? A unique ministry. Like she just didn't know what prophecy was. So she could name it whatever she wanted. She just gave us permission to be us. And we, guys, after that quick little word of encouragement, people lined up. We were there for hours hours there was over a hundred people there and all they were hungry they just wanted the intimacy of the father that was coming through the intimacy of with of us as a group of friends i want to tell you that i believe that god is opening back up doors this season for stuff like that but there's going to be new people that do it so there's got to be new groups that get together and they go hard after jesus together do you hear me i'm going to take one more minute before we shift over There's one more truth that I want to reveal regarding original view, and that's that um, he wants us manifesting power, right? Moving in his power. How many of you know the scripture says that there's a rebuke when there's a form of godliness, but it's a devoid of power, okay? So I remember moving in authority. I remember coming here in the beginning, and we used to have something called Miracle Lounge. That's what you get when you have 20-year-olds name a ministry. And so Miracle Lounge it was. They made up cards. It was like a 70s scene. It was real. I mean, I was like, okay, that's Holy Spirit. Have your way. Every month, people from all over the city would come here and they would get prayer. I remember one morning, a couple on the team were praying for this woman. She had, I'm going to tell this story before we go into song. She, um, she had gotten uh, a report that she had cancer, breast cancer. And she was familiar with cancer. She had had it when she was a kid. She had gotten healed uh, through medical means. And now she was a new mommy, married with a new baby. And she said out of her heart, she goes, Jesus, I know that we can do it again this way, but I really don't want to. I really am asking that you would move supernaturally and heal me. She comes in here, she gets prayer. It wasn't just one prayer, Shazam. I mean, like, it was the whole morning. We, they just kept praying over her and praying over her. At one point, she felt something like shift. She felt heat in her body around the area where she had the tumor. And so Grant asked her, listen, why don't you just go to the ladies' room, check it out, and then come back and tell us if anything's changed. She came back and she said, something has changed. It's not all the way gone, but there's a visible change. She gave the story that she had just come the day before from the doctors and they did you know a tissue they or two days before and they had done a tissue graph and they had told her that it was cancerous and they wanted her to come back on monday to talk about procedures she believed she she knew she started a healing she believed it was going to be completed so she goes in there on monday full of faith thinking she's going to make her declaration and let her doctor know as crazy as it might sound that she had gotten healed by jesus lo and behold she didn't have to Because the doctor said to her when she walked in, I don't understand it. The tissue that's in the lab that had cancer in it last week doesn't have cancer in it today. That 
was the same season when I watched Wendy one night come up freaking out with excitement as she she touched somebody's body. I don't know if it was their leg or their arm or something. They had a metal in their body. And she came up as a medical doctor and she's like, oh my gosh, I don't feel the metal anymore in their body. That was the same, that same night, there was a young girl, a dancer in this house. She was a teenager and somebody got a word of knowledge about a foot and, and, and a, like a, a, a misformed foot and causing problems. And finally, they kept calling out, wouldn't let it go. And finally, her brother hits her and goes, that's you. And she said, oh, get up there. So she comes up and she gives her story and they're like, okay, we're, we're going to see God do a creative miracle right here. Guys, her foot changed shape in front of us we got it on and posted it on youtube somebody did years ago but it changed shape and what was the most amazing thing to me is that if you're a woman and you wear flip-flops around here in south florida you know that when you wear them for a long time the the shape of your foot your toe you can see your footprint in your shoe on the on this the 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 inner part of the shoe you got nod to me so you know i'm not crazy thank you okay we saw, we could tell we, we filmed it and we saw when she put her foot back in that shoe, it was a different shape, her feet. That one foot was a different shape than, than it had been before. Listen, two, two physical healings last Tuesday night at prayer. Two. Somebody got healed just opening up the door, they said. Why am I telling you this? Because if you're a visitor, this might be new to you, but it's God's original view. Releasing his authority so that his dream can manifest on the planet. Here's what we're going to do. We are going to go into song, but I'm going to I'm going to dismiss you in a second. I have a word that the Lord gave for us as a house back in January. And I really felt like he said it's time to release it. It's a word regarding this season. And after, I'm going to give us the opportunity to respond. To say yes. To enter into newness at a greater level. As, a, as individuals. You guys with me? Okay. Then we're going to dismiss after I pray. I'll read the word. I'll pray. You're dismissed. If you have to get your kids, go get your kids. But I want you to come back. Because we're going to go in and we're going to agree through song with what God is going to say through this, what God said back in January through this word. And you are here for a time such as this because God wants you to be all in. He wants you to take that step forward. Not take that step forward. That means into the deeper thing that was always in his heart, the original view. Here's the word. 2018 is the season of re, R-E. Embrace it. It won't be stopped. This year you will see things redeemed, restored, recovered, and revived. Renewed, rekindled, rebuilt, and revitalized. It's a season to reflect, rediscover, reinvent, and all of it will cause you to rejoice. At the same time, these are the things that shall be broken. Reluctance, rebellion, remorse, rejection, regret, and retaliation. I tell you, all of those testings and trials 
They weren't meant to restrict you. They were meant to reveal you. He said, pay attention to the prefix. For re, the letters R-E, re means to do again. I say this is the year of again. A year where testimonies will be abundant. This is the season, in this season I am stirring up expectancy again. Trust it. You have seen me move in mighty ways and you will see me do it again. And for those of you who have called Harbor home since the early days, this part is very significant. He said, for many years, your mandate was to rescue, restore, and release. Guys, three R-E words. The plan hasn't changed. Transformed people, transforming culture is still the original view. God says, I am making all things new. His question this morning is, will you let him do it through you? Will you let him teach you how to live more like Jesus and think more like Jesus and love more like Jesus? Because that was the new that was always in his heart from the beginning. If you want to say yes to that, can you either come to the front or stand up? Abba, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we get to, as a house, come forward and respond to the season of again. You've moved in mighty ways on behalf of all of these individuals. All of us have a testimony that God has shown up and done miraculous things in our lives. Every one of us in this room. And we are choosing as a family, publicly God, to take a step forward. Come with me. Take a step forward into what you have for us this season. We trust that you're good and that you are going to show us how to be activated in new levels of newness in all that we are. To the glory of Jesus so that you can get the original dream that you always dreamed of from the beginning in this city and through our lives. In Jesus' name.